Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Hey, Todd. Yes, Nick. How's it going? It's going well. Yeah? It's going well, yeah. I mean, all things considered, I think it's yeah. going okay. So today I would like to talk about uh, a reader requested question, emotional vulnerability. So essentially, what is it and why does it matter? Mm. Is it important? Is it a good thing? Is it not? What's the deal with emotional vulnerability? Yeah, and I think we talked about this was kind of primarily in relationships. I think that's kind of where they were coming from. Okay. Um, and so maybe, yeah, we'll kind of emphasize that. But it, it, it I, I think there's a, yeah, I, you know, I think that's the, often when you hear people talk about emotional vulnerability, it's usually in the context of relationships. Like someone's giving you advice that like maybe you need to be more vulnerable in your relationship, mm. you know, to it. Mm-hmm. But I actually think there's kind of a, a broader um, part of emotional vulnerability, just in sort of general mental health. Outside yeah. of just relationships too, so yeah, because I, th- I I would agree. I think the the angle I take it emotional vul- vulnerability is kind of it's everywhere. So um, hearing this question was interesting because I wasn't sure. Um, you, you, usually there's um, a, a backstory, and if it is in relationships, it's usually around you should be more emotionally vulnerable in order to share your feelings or to mm-hmm. expose your insecurities, or there's something in that kind of comment about being vulnerable that um, um, is around some function, you know, like um, if you're more willing to, to share your feelings, maybe you and your partner can address this issue or, or whatever that sure. is. There's something. Um, yeah. And so that's kind of the, the vein in which mm-hmm. I kind of took this topic. So let's, let's start off with just how, how would you define, what is emotional vulnerability? What's like a basic kind of nuts and bolts definition well, of that? I mean, I, I mean, to, to, it seems to me like an intolerance of some feeling. Emotional vulnerability is an intolerance of a feeling? Yeah, because I, I think what you're saying is when, when, when you're encouraging someone to be vulnerable is that they have a hard time feeling exposed or vulnerable yeah. or sensitive to something. And oh, so right. there's an intolerance of, you know, being able to share your feelings with somebody or there's right. that the, the, um, the insecurity around how that will, whatever it is, it seems like, as as a vulnerability, what it is is a an intolerance for something. Yeah, I would say emotional invulnerability is an intolerance. Like people who are oh. not willing. Like I think of emotional vulnerability as it's the willingness to sort of acknowledge and share your emotions, especially difficult emotions. Yeah, there it might be. Right. Yeah. So even even though it's it's our instinct when things hurt to either avoid them or try and get rid of them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's true of physical pain and discomfort, but I think also emotional pain or discomfort, right? So our natural reaction usually when things are uncomfortable, when you're sad or anxious or feeling guilty or whatever, our kind of gut instinct is obviously to uh, often to, what can I do to quickly make this feeling go away? Mm-hmm. And that, mm-hmm. I think that's like, it's natural, you know? And, and honestly, like I think a lot of times it's fine. Like, but... Uh, to me, the idea of emotional vulnerability is important because sometimes it's better to not do one of those two things. It, it's sometimes running away or trying to get rid of the the feeling, the, especially the pain, is actually not a good idea. And it's better 
to be willing to just have the pain for a little while mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that it brings up an important question here because when, when people talk to me about vulnerability in a relationship, to me, I'm, I, I think that serves a function usually. You know, um, The idea of being willing to be vulnerable means maybe I'd be able to resolve conflict with my partner better. I'd be able to finally address this thing that I've been building resentment for or... Um, I get to expose some of my myself to my client or my my partner that they've never seen before, or right. it, and it would increase thereby increasing the the harmony in our relationship. There's there's a function attached to it. We're not just vulnerable for no reason, right? We're yeah, exactly. For for, for, for nothing. We, there's there's something going on, and it's impacting your relationship. So the the idea is suggesting you be more vulnerable is in order to get you something. Probably. Yeah, the idea is not that everyone should just be walking around with their heart <laughs> right on, their, on your sleeve <laughs> all like, the time, like just telling everybody how it. Yeah, yeah. There's not you don't. Yeah. So to really be mindful of what it is, I think one identifying what your intolerance is mm-hmm. or what that vulnerability is, and then what how's it impacting your relationship, right? You know, and what do you stand to gain by by approaching that thing? So a super common example that comes up a lot in therapy is I'll have someone they're talking about their relationship with their spouse, and they'll say like. You know, like I, it, it comes down to like, I, I want my sex life to be different, but I'm too embarrassed to talk about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like super common one. Right. So that, that's a perfect example of why, of how being vulnerable to embarrassment, being willing to feel embarrassed, even though it's uncomfortable, is the only way to get what you want, which is some change in your sex life. Because you you're not going to be able to talk about it and you're not going to be able to change anything if you're not willing to tolerate that embarrassment yeah, or emotional or, discomfort. Or you're waiting for the stars to align somehow and, you know, have your partner become more amorous and engage you more in whatever, right? I mean, if you're not assertive about what you want and you're not willing to tolerate those emotions, then we're kind of leaving it up to the to the cosmos to align to get you what you want in that space, you know? Right. And I think that's what a lot of people do is they're kind of waiting for their partner to read their mind or waiting for them Mm -hmm. to kind of figure this out. And that may never happen, you know, and and maybe, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but being assertive increases your odds there, I think a lot. But the other thing I hear about vulnerability too is, you know, I am in pain, but I don't want to show my partner that either because, Mm. um, I'll be embarrassed maybe, or, um, I'm afraid what they'll think of me or I'm afraid of abandonment. I think a lot of vulnerability sometimes is like, if I share this, I might be left, you know, and Hmm. um, that's scary to me. And a lot of people I think aren't vulnerable because of that fear of being left behind. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think there's a, yeah, a lot of, I think anger is another one. Like Mm -hmm. if, if I'm, if I disclose my frustration in our sex life, in what type of movies we watch on Netflix, in what we eat for dinner, my partner's gonna like flip out like he always does. And I, you know, like some bad, like bad things are gonna happen. It's not it's just not worth it, right? Yeah. So I, yeah, I think there's, it's, 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 it's often, yeah, a feel of like, a fear of what, what are the repercussions gonna be. Yeah, um, that's an interesting thing is, is what am I predicting if I'm vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. I'm avoiding that because I'm predicting some kind of outcome. And that may help you realize, you know, a little bit more about your vulnerability. So I think if you're struggling with vulnerability, it's probably a good idea to kind of be curious about it, be very mindful about it and study it. Because like what we're saying, there's lots of motivations for that. There's lots of different um, pathways to be there, lots of different potential outcomes. Um, but really kind of understanding the vulnerability or the, the intolerance of some emotion yeah. is probably a good first step in kind of understanding what's going on for you. 
So I don't know. I don't know about your experience with this, but this is often an issue with my male clients will come in and say, you know, my wife told me I need to be more emotionally vulnerable. Like, mm. what's the deal with that? Like, you buy that doc, you know, like what's, <laughs> and the, the, obviously from what we've been talking about, I do think emotional vulnerability is important, but the, the way I often describe it to more, my more skeptical clients uh-huh. is it's perfectly analogous to physical vulnerability. And what I mean by this is, Almost everyone has some example of having to be physically vulnerable, meaning they have to be willing to tolerate physical discomfort to get a different outcome. Mm -hmm. So sports are a super common example, right? A lot of people grow up playing sports and a huge part of sports is like, if you want to be faster, stronger, score more points, you're going to have to practice and work hard in, in your practice sessions in order to perform better during the game. You're going to have to tolerate feeling really uncomfortable for a while because that's going to lead to this better thing later on, right? Or if you're a musician, right? You're going to have, if you're, when you first start playing the guitar, you're going to have to tolerate your fingertips feeling really raw and painful until those calluses build up. Right. Right. So it's, it's exactly the same thing that emotionally, a lot of good things happen if you're willing to tolerate emotional discomfort. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really all it is. It's emotional vulnerability is the willingness to tolerate emotional discomfort because it, it serves a bigger purpose in the long run. Yeah. You know, a a really common metaphor I use a lot is swimming in this, in this instance, because when you're learning to swim, that is about the most terrifying, you know, you're going to jump into stuff you can't Mm. breathe. And you know it as a kid, if you even remember what that was like, It, it is a little unsettling, you know, to take that, breath of air too soon and swallow some water it's but being willing to tolerate that kind of feeling and those experiences mm-hmm. over and over means you'll be able to swim right and you'll be able to navigate all sorts of different waters but it is that being willing to be physically vulnerable in those moments so being emotionally vulnerable is similar so uncomfortable and so kind of um scary in some ways yet n- being willing to experience that over and over and over makes you a much better um swimmer yeah, and the the upside too is you get better at it. Like it, it's not it gets easier yeah, you really the more do, you do right? it. Yeah. <laughs> Just like with physical stuff. So that that's kind of a natural segue too. So how do you say someone is listening and they're they're like, okay, like, all right, I basically buy that. Um, how do you do it though? Like how do you practice emotional vulnerability or getting more okay with feeling emotional discomfort um, and sticking with it? I think one of the easiest ways might be kind of designing little exposures for yourself. You know, how do I, how do I begin sharing um, a process that's uncomfortable with me, but at a level of discomfort that I'm okay with, mm-hmm. you know, um, maybe I, maybe I share with my partner a little bit more how I feel about certain movies or books or, you know, mm-hmm. and I kind of open up a little bit about this or that making me feel this way. It's mm-hmm. hard and it feels foreign and you're kind of at this like, Oh God, what are they going to think? Um, there again, you'll kind of get in touch with those yeah. predictions about why you don't do this. Right. Um, that's a great one. Netflix movies. That's when I often, so right? many people are like in the habit of just deferring to their, like one partner has just become the de facto one who sort of chooses movies mm. and the other one is just like, Oh yeah, okay, that's fine. Right. So what I will will tell people is like every once in a while, even if you don't actually care, let's say you like, even if you want to watch that movie as a practice exercise, say, "Mm, you know what? Let's watch that one tomorrow. How about tonight? Let's watch 
X, right? Yeah. Something different. Yeah. So then, a, like uh, that might be vulnerability and conflict in, in, in a way, right? Yeah. If I have a vulnerability about, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not vulnerable because I don't want to fight. This might be a good one to say, Ooh, can you be assertive and kind of mm-hmm. ask for your need to be met here in this little tiny way? But yeah. Yeah. Cause you're being vulnerable to the anxiety of all sorts of things. It could be the anxiety of they're going to think I'm stupid for wanting to watch this movie mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. I'm anxious that they're going to feel bad. Are anxious and that makes me anxious they're so gonna I don't be mad at me they're gonna be mad at me and yep. yeah that, that seems to be a lot of kind of vulnerabilities they're gonna be mad or they're gonna leave me yeah you know if i actually ask for what i want here they might leave and so sometimes for for for, for everybody though i'd say really kind of observe what it is that that you're telling yourself right. in those moments of vulnerability. and then and then find super small ways to play with that i at think first, that's the key at first really and then build up yeah yep. and to push yourself just in the building back to the physical thing yeah, like, you don't start trying to bench past four hundred pounds. <laughs> right, like, <laughs> it's, gonna, it's gonna be kind of rough. Yeah. yeah, you start with the bar and you kind of like work your way up. <laughs> yeah, don't don't choose uh, talking about divorce uh, probably for your first. <laughs> That's not the exposure first exposure to conflict or yeah, yeah. I think, but I, but man, I you you see this in healthy um, kind of parenting styles where parents encourage certain vulnerability and even oh. um, even struggles, right? Mm-hmm. Even even pain. They're like, yeah, that's okay. It does hurt. There's a validation of right. that. And let's go ahead and try that again, yeah. right? And I think people, you know, look, fact is a lot of people have had experiences in relationships that quite frankly taught them do not be vulnerable. Right. Um, and, and this is where a lot of this comes from is there, there were experiences where being vulnerable really hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, the tact, I think, though, is to say I can't be vulnerable again. The, the better tact might be to say I got to get better about where to be vulnerable and how to be vulnerable and, and some mm-hmm. of those things. That's a better question, I think, and or, or a better assignment for, to give yourself than to say I've got to avoid that thing altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea is, ooh, how do I get better at that? How do I pick better partners that I can trust to be vulnerable with, right? Mm-hmm. How do I recognize the sign that my vulnerability is being rewarded? And when it's not, it might be an indication of, those things, but those point. are better points, I think, to ask yourself than than just kind of be vulnerable 100 percent of the time or not. You know, right. it's, it, I think there is a refinement in the process. So as you're building up on the on the difficulty of those tasks, we also want to pay attention to some of those other levels of sharing. And mm-hmm. you know, is my partner sensitive to my sharing? Because if they're not, I, then that, then it doesn't pay to be vulnerable. Right. 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 Um, and then we want to look at. Maybe another vulnerability, which is, can I be alone if I choose not to be with, mm. you know, can I tolerate that being alone? And, Loneliness, yeah. But if I'm, I'm, if I'm not vulnerable to either sharing how I really feel or being alone, now I'm stuck. Right, really stuck. Yeah. I think I think a lot of people find themselves in relations like that where the idea we've talked about the the apprehension of being alone mm-hmm. or lonely. Um, on one side and, and if we have a really low tolerance for that and we have a really low tolerance for being assertive in our relationship, man, we can get really mired there and stuck for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I have one little other trick for practicing in very small ways, practicing um, building your emotional vulnerability tolerance. Okay. And I, I refer to it as using real emotional language. So I've noticed this thing where basically all adults do this little trick where they it's what I call intellectualizing your emotions. So you, if you ask, if a 40-year-old person comes back home from work and you can tell they've just had a really rough day at work and you say, oh, how are you feeling? They're, I almost guarantee they're going to say something like, 
mm, I'm really stressed or I'm really overwhelmed, right? Or so you can use these very like intellectual words. Mm-hmm. You no no adult is gonna say like, I'm mad. Sad. I'm sad. <laughs> I'm afraid. Uh, like, yeah. We don't do that. And I I have a little theory that the reason we don't do that is because real emotional words, we feel them more. So when you say I'm afraid, mm. you, you are be you are being emotionally vulnerable. You're validating that. Yeah, you're like oh, you're you're opening yourself up to no, I actually am a, afraid of something. Mm. Right? It feels uncomfortable to do that. So that's why we we do this little trick where we say like I'm overwhelmed. Right? Because it, it's, it's like it's a, kind intellectual, of a, it's like a pseudo emotion. Exactly. And yeah. it distances us from the actual feeling, mm. the the discomfort. So I would challenge I would challenge I always challenge people for a day or for a week or whatever, whenever people ask you how you're feeling, respond to that question like an eight-year-old would. <laughs> Just say one word. Yeah. yeah. And, and a really, a word that an eight-year-old could understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sad. I'm afraid. Mm. I'm mad. Right? None, none of this like, um, I'm kind of bugged to you right now. Like no metaphors, no fancy intellectual terms. Like overwhelmed, like with, with it's not emotion. It's like and a this, concept. This could be a good one, even for assertiveness, or if you're avoiding, if you're vulnerable to conflict, yes. right? To say when someone says, "What do you want?" To almost answer that like an eight year old would too. Totally. And just say, "Here's what I want." Yeah. Yeah. Instead of this, well, I kind of think that maybe, well, <laughs> right. you know, I mean, yeah, no eight year old in the world would do that. Right. Like, if you ask them what do you want to eat, they're going to say, I want, pe- yeah, "I want pizza." I want pizza. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Not like, good. well, they're what do you think about maybe getting something <laughs> Asian kind of like? Yeah. No, they're going to be like, "I yeah. want Chinese food." <laughs> yeah, and it's, it is going to be a declaration too. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So that that's a, a relatively small way I think people can practice. Yeah. So so to encapsulate this, I would I think we would say figure out what your vulnerability is about, an intolerance of, or maybe a um. How did you describe it? Like a unwillingness, an unwillingness Mm -hmm. and, and, and and see how that's functioning inside your relationship and what that might be costing you. Um, and then try to expose yourself in gradual ways to experiences like that. And a great one could be, um, this eight year old (laughs) kind of idea, right. Or, or just other exposures that might put you in touch with a little bit of this discomfort and then work your way up and, and, and try to get better at, at the nuances and context in which it's, it's good to do those things. Right. Does that sound right? Yeah, totally. Cool. Hey, everyone. Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.